September 28th. Mm. 2019. Beautiful. Ran- it's going to be in Rancho Santa Margarita. That's, I don't know what kind of a name that is. California. It's a blessed name. The West Coast Conference of Doctrine and Devotion is going down, contending for the gospel, protecting orthodoxy, and promoting unity. Stay tuned for details. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. I'm back. You're back, man. Welcome back. Yeah. You were at the normal pastor's conference. You look refreshed. You know, I am refreshed. I feel yeah. pretty good. I went down there, took my daughter Madeline with me. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw, uh, yeah. so I see Maddie went. Yeah, yeah Maddie went. And Nobody I else that, wanted to go. Nobody I see that Jared go. Wilson said, uh... Yeah, you well, know, like, you frequently, had, Jimmy, here, when, you, when they invite you to speak at conferences, frequently they'll pay for you and uh, a guest to go. Mm, like, they'll buy the plane ticket mm, for you and a so guest. So I could have went with so, you, but instead, well, yeah, I, you decided I asked you, I, I, I asked, I told you about it, and you're like, what? can't do it, don't want to do when? it. When? When? I don't I don't keep a journal about all oh, of yeah, the no's you, you keep a journal me. about You give everything. me so many no's, I don't know how many, I don't know where it was, but it's, it's, it's okay. You know what? You did kind of throw it out there. You didn't tell me that they were going to take care of me. No, I did. No, you didn't I say did, that. Yeah. But uh, I also didn't. Uh, Barnabas wasn't going. So if, if Piper's not there, I'm not there. I know. I know. But what are you going to do? It was good. It was a good time. Um, really fun conference because it, you know, it really is different than a lot of the other conferences out there uh, in its tone and its, its approach. I mean, obviously, it is for pastors, right? It's uh and it's it's aimed at encouraging pastors, strengthening mm-hmm. pastors. Um, so it, what are you it, doing? What are you just trying to get invited again next year? Look at all. I, listen, I, I, to I basically all this wonderful praise yeah. you have for them. Well, I'll, get, you, I'll, I'll get to the bad stuff. You, I'll, you know, I'll get no, there. I, you know what? Year one, you're invited. Year yep. two, not invited. Year yep. three, you're back on. You want to make sure you're there for year four. Well, I do want to go back. <laughs> I do want to go back if just to hang out with Ronnie Martin. Ronnie Martin. Mm. I baby, like, I like that guy. That's baby. Mm. I like that guy. That guy's cool. Mm. He was fun. He was funny. Uh, you Tell know, me I, all about these friendships you made while I was away. All right. So Juan Kwok, I've known Juan for years. Uh, super cool guy, and um, really blessed by his ministry. I've preached at his church at a conference. My wife has preached over there, out there in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. John O. I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name because I will mess that up. Sweet brother, really like that guy. Very very cool. Uh, you know Jared Wilson. Yeah, you know, um, you know, he told me that uh, we kind of hurt his feelings when we said How? when we said How did we hurt his feelings uh, a while back. We were saying that uh, you know he's 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 kind of funny looking. He is though. I know, I know. How, how, listen, I listen. He, he, you know, who he doesn't look like? He doesn't look like Ronnie Martin. I'll tell you that. Ronnie Martin's pretty dreamy. Uh, Jared Wilson, <laughs> nightmare. Well, you know, but he makes up for it in gospel gospel fluency. Mm. You know, I mean, he is just like gospel. So Jared was awesome, and then Nathan Rose. I know I didn't know Nathan Rose personally, but uh, really cool guy, lead pastor out there at Liberty Baptist Church. Cool All right, venue. Jared, sounds like Joe wants to come back next I'm year. I'm just saying, if you want me to come back, I'll come back. It was a good time. It sounds like Joe doesn't want to be uh, removed from the uh, the invite list again. Well, the thing is, um, they need me there because... Uh, oh, they need you. Because... I'm the only preacher that knows how to keep time. Okay? What? All these other preachers are preaching like 20 minutes over, 15 minutes over. Hey, hey, preachers, stop that. Wait, when you, no, hey, no, your no, not when you're at a conference. You yeah, got to yeah, I know. Everyone, there's a schedule and everyone's, yep. it's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a respect of individuals yeah, and the whole thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, you're playing. Juan, what's up, bro? 
John. <laughs> Are you calling people out? I'm calling them out. How about Ronnie? Uh, no, Ronnie. Ronnie had hardly had any time left. Oh, right. So because of Juan. Because so you had no time. Yeah. Ronnie had no time. Fifteen minute Ronnie. That's what they call him. All right. So um, <laughs> that was really good, man. So while I was there, so I was envious. I I did wish I could have went. Yeah, you could have gone. You chose not to. That's why I took Madeline. No, I couldn't. So you could. I could not. Yeah. Uh, so I talked about anxiety in the pastor's heart, and I thought, you know, you, Jimmy and I could could kind of talk through uh, what I covered there and share that with the listeners because uh, you people are an anxious lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everybody else where uh, we struggle with it. Right. And, um, you know, I was talking about how pastors are a mess and uh, but but everybody is. And one of the problems is that a lot of people think, well, it's just me. Like they feel I, isolated. They, they right. kind of feel like they feel alone in that. Mm-hmm. They think uh, because it's all they're all wrapped up in their head. They're thinking no one can understand. No one gets what's going on. Everyone else has it all together. I, yeah. I, could, I could look at their Instagram and look how much fun they're having yeah. without me. They become all little Eeyores. We yeah. all become Eeyores. Are you still using that analogy? I don't understand it. But yes. Why didn't uh, your I know parents love you? Oh, they did. They did. They let me they, watch Texas they, Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, they, 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 no one taught kid. you Winnie the Pooh. No, no one. No, ta- no, no one no, read no, to they, you. They, they, no, Christopher they, Robin. Uh, American Wolf in London. That's what they. That's what I had access to that stuff. So when I was a little kid, that was that was. My so job. parents, th- yeah, take note. Don't do that. You don't want another Joe. So for everybody uh, who struggles with anxiety and depression, and that is, I think, everybody to varying degrees, certainly anxiety and worry. The thing that I've I've come to grips with is this idea that you can't conquer it, right? You you can't conquer it, mm. but uh, but Jesus and His Church can. So I thought we'd start with. Um, a basic definition, right? Sure. What is anxiety? And um, anxiety most commonly defined is excessive ongoing worry or fear regarding those normal situations or those common circumstances in life. So it's not like, oh, you're swimming in shark infested waters and you're afraid of getting bit. That's good. I, I feel like that's a right. healthy form of anxiety. Right. Or when you and I are recording a podcast and there's a big spider's nest above my head and we find out. No, that's an irrational and that's, fear. And uh, then I start screaming. That's an, like an irrational, episode four, irrational. Uh, That is totally appropriate. But normal circumstances, like those common uh, situations when we start having this excessive ongoing worry, fear. Even for me, it was dread when I was at my like worst uh, anxious yeah. season. It's absolute dread, just like oh my goodness, I, I I couldn't bear it. I felt like, and so that's what it basically is, right? Excessive ongoing worry, but it tends to come from different places for different people, right? Yeah, there's different uh, different ways of it. So for for some of us, there's that fear of the unknown, and that one's more like looking ahead into the future, right? Because we're so good at that. We're, I know we're so good, but we begin to worry about what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, am I going to pass this class? Am I going to get that job? What happens if I lose my yeah. job? Right? What if what if what if my girlfriend or boyfriend dumps me? What if uh, what if this disease isn't cured? Yeah. Right? It can be very serious or it can be, you know, sort of less serious, less, uh, you know, the stake. Dramatic, be, yeah, I guess you right. want to use that word. Sure, so, for, sure. So, yeah, we definitely look ahead and we start to worry about what tomorrow is going to bring. We obsess, right? People start to obsess about it. They, that's like they can't stop thinking about it. My wife used to struggle with that quite a bit. Yeah. And she would say, um, I remember she said to me, I, I got to the place where I finally – like Philippians finally stuck in my, in my mind. I'm not focusing on the things that are true. Mm. I'm focusing on the things that might be, and that's not healthy. And Jesus explicitly tells us not to do that. So there's a fear of the unknown looking to the future. There's, there's regret over mistakes in the past, right? Looking back, constantly dwelling on what we did or what happened to us. And I'm not suggesting that some of those things or all of those things are easily, uh, you know, uh, dismissed, but, 
oftentimes focusing on the past yeah. produces a great degree of anxiety. Yet for some of us, uh, there's just suffering. Yeah. Right? Like we actually are going through something. Pain. Pain. And it's and it's real and it's raw and it's it's affliction. It's, uh, and, and we don't know why it's happening. We, mm. we tr- we're trying to struggle to make sense of it all. And you just, you, you feel that anxiety. My mom is, you know, most of the listeners know my mom's pretty sick. And um, every once in a while she gets real, she gets like a, she gets a moment of, of super clarity and she gets really overwhelmed because she doesn't understand why she can't stand up. She doesn't understand why she can't yeah. feed herself. Uh, so, and it and it just overwhelms her. So, the affliction that people are going through is oftentimes just this weight that crushes with, uh, with ongoing worry or fear. But it's not just always suffering, right? Oftentimes, it's actually laziness and procrastination. Sometimes I get anxious because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. No, you know, that doesn't sound like you, Joe. You're not. It's very not, rare. It's very rare. You're not a lazy individual. Well, I'm definitely not lazy, but I do procrastinate. Mm. See, I'm working hard on other things that I shouldn't be working on. Uh, yeah, like uh, Canasta and... No, I don't play Canasta. Yeah, I play Canasta uh, very rarely these Oh, days. since I'm not around? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, like I'll put things off. You put things off or you're not organized. And boy, the stress and the anxiety will, will really pile up. So that's a, that's another that's another issue. Yeah. Another one, uh, number five, is uh, sin. Yeah. Right? Just sin. And and our lack of uh, the word is repentance. I think you're looking for, huh? Lack of repentance. Mm-hmm. There you go. Thank you very much. That's what I'm looking for. Thinking of like Psalm 51. Mm. Uh, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Right. Right. And he continues on. So it's it that we have this sin in our life and that uh, with this ongoing sin. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, God may may use that and, and anxiety uh, to draw us back to him, so to show yeah. us our need uh, for repentance. And I mean, the, the cure for that kind of anxiety is kind of simple, right? Repent. <laughs> <laughs> Turn from your sin and, and, and rest in the grace and in the forgiveness of God. Um, but then there's this issue of chemical imbalance that a lot of people talk about. Yeah. And, uh, and the truth is the whole scientific community uh, not, I'm not talking about Christians here. The scientific community is still debating the what is actually happening here. We do know that a chemical imbalance in the brain, like let's say too low or too high levels of serotonin, can create these uh, anxiety, fear, that kind of a thing, depression. But why is there a chemical imbalance? Like this is really where it comes down to. So um, like uh, some people would argue that the chemical imbalance is innate. You're born with it. Other times and situations, it may be that uh, circumstances, prolonged amounts of stress or work, uh, injury can also uh, create chemical imbalance. So it's a yes and no answer. That can be an aspect of it. Most, I don't know, most people, if you've read, if you read my second of five books that I've written, mm. uh, you, you know, if you read the intro, fools, you're supposed to read the intro. If you read the intro, you know, I'm on medication for anxiety. Yeah. Now, if I just take the medicine, I'm, I'm going to be just in this. Yeah. It, it was a fantastic book called... Oh, uh, it's called Experiencing the Trinity. Ah, uh, yes. You I know remember. who likes that book? Um, Jared Wilson's wife. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Becky, she's got good taste. She does. Well, except in husband. Jared, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm on that. And it's like you can take the pill, but if you're not dealing with the rest of your life in terms of your work, your rest, your faith, repentance, sin, and all of that, it's not really going to uh, take care of your trouble. So the point is, is that it comes from a lot of different sources. Yeah. Right? It takes a lot of different shapes. Yeah, but we do see it. I mean – 
at least in our sphere, probably because that's just what we, uh, the people that we interact with, we see it pretty often in pastors, particularly. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Um, well, I, like, why do we see it there? And, and maybe we just are, we're pinpointing it more because that's the, the, the circles we run in. Well, Tom Rader actually had an article on this where he talked about uh, that there were these five things that tend to uh, exacerbate anxiety in the lives of ministers. Uh, and they are spiritual warfare. Um, and that's not, not to just make it all about the devil, but uh, the work that you are called to do as a, as a minister and just as a Christian who is serving in the church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to receive satanic opposition and attack. You're, you're going to go through that. And, uh, and one, of the, one of the great uh, strategies is to discourage, to overwhelm yeah. uh, so that you just want to quit. So spiritual warfare is one of the things that he lists. Yeah, I think he, uh, in that article, he also talked about that ministry is just hard. You're dealing with people. It's not just a nine to five where you just kind of mm-hmm. uh, you're in and out it, like it. It's pretty difficult, right? Yeah, uh, whether you're your full time ministry, part time or, or even uh, for those that that labor uh, as volunteers, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's 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 not easy. In fact, that leads to the, the the third thing that he lists is this feeling of inadequacy, right? Because you know, like there are times when you're like, I got to get this lesson together. Um, you know, I've got to I've got to put together this this ministry event or whatever it is, right? You feel like I just who am I to be doing this? Yeah. You, you know, in in your in your weak moments, in your in your moments of failure, you look at yourself and you say like, I who am I? Why am I doing this? I'm just going to mess everything up. So these feelings of inadequacy can definitely, uh, you know, blow people away. Yeah. And it's pretty rare that uh, in the midst of that, right. It's, it's, it's pretty rare. You hear that things are, you're doing well, right? Like I'm only thinking about that because we received what we received today. The elders did just for a family leaving. And so it uh, took time just to, you know, because they're moving, yeah, moving to Michigan. Did you not read it? You haven't read it yet? Well, no, I didn't see I know who's moving to Michigan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, well, she wrote a letter. No, I did. When she did wrote it, an email to when, all of us. Today. When did it come through? Today. I know. I don't know, like three hours oh, ago. Okay, well, I've been a little tied up last three hours, but okay. Well, okay, I'll, fine. I'll, well, anyways, but you know what? It's, it's, it's rare you receive something like that. Yeah. Right? Oh, so it was good. It was very good. Oh, yes. Okay, good. Yes, I'm saying, you, oftentimes, oh. oftentimes, the only, it's like, it's like the Yelp reviews of restaurants. Yeah. It's only the people that are mad that go and, uh, and leave a review and say something. Well, yeah. that's actually one of the other things that he lists are critics and bullies. Yeah, and now you've been dealing. You've been poor Joe. You know, I don't now, want to Joey talk about has it. been. Joey I'm, has been a little sad today. My feelings are so hurt right now. Because, You're feeling. You've one feeling. Okay, my, my anger is really, uh, you know, hurt right now. Thankfully, they uh, replenish twice as fast as the regular man. Yeah, I'm like the Wolverine of of, <laughs> of anger. That's what I am. Now, um, yes. <laughs> so there's some people taking some pot shots at me on uh, on the social media. Which is fine. It happens from time to but time. They, it was actually they were pretty funny. Some of them. Yeah, were, I like them. Funny. I think what, 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 they were pretty funny. Yeah, I don't. I don't get mad about it. Yeah, but I think they're just having fun. Yeah. Well, I think they're being mean, but no, I think it's funny. I think they're having fun. Yeah. Okay. So it's. Uh, but yeah, it's funny. Like I don't. Uh, that stuff doesn't. Work. But like, but criticism, especially if it's coming from people that like you're you're caring for or people that that's you're close what it hurts. To. Yeah. And and you're gonna get that in ministry, right? You're eventually you're, somehow it's your fault. Yeah. And sometimes it is, right? Sometimes it is. In that case, you need to repent and make it right. But uh, critics and bullies and then uh, loneliness. Like that's another thing. Pastors like, and are oftentimes isolated. Yeah. I, 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 some of it's, I think, their own doing. Mm-hmm. Right? I think some of it's their own doing. But I think the other part of it is it, it is difficult to build relationships with people 
that you're ministering to. I, and I'm not, I don't, I'm trying to word this carefully because it sounds like, uh, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be a Driscoll here. Yeah. Right. But I, what I am saying though is I think like there is a bit of a weight here, like the, the, the yeah. weight of, uh, of responsibility. And it's, it's, you choose, you can't be best friends with everyone. And that, that's part of the problem, right? Is that like, oh, everybody's having these birthdays and everybody's having these birthday parties. You can't, even if you were invited to them all, you can't go to them all. Mm-hmm. You just can't. You can't, you can't hang out with everyone. But that sometimes means you wind up hanging out with no one. Yeah. So you have to be really intentional not to be isolated. It's like have- when we invite Joe and Jen and they just always say no. Well, we don't always say. You no. said yes. Sometimes once. we don't respond. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah, don't, don't, that was pretty don't, good. We were thinking don't. of you guys uh, Friday night. Oh yeah, where, where were you? Uh, we were having a barbecue at my house. It was Michelle and I, uh, the Earls, the McCoys. At uh, we were just thinking of you guys. Oh, that's it. Well, yeah, we had a great time. Earls and the McCoys. And well, my neighbors all showed up as well. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 We just had a great time. Yeah. Well, I wish you could have invited me because I haven't said no to you in at least a week (laughs) for for that. So, so Joe, like, what does anxiety do to individuals? Right. Like, like, what's the result of that? In in my experience and in the people that I've talked to, I think what anxiety really does is it shuts you down. It stops you, or at least it's trying to stop you. Almost like, go ahead. Sorry. Like Eeyore? Is that you're going to go yeah, back to Eeyore? Yeah, I was going to do it, but I remember I already said it. So it's like, uh, no, it, like anxiety drains you, right? And you guys know what that feels like. You've, you feel so depleted, it drains you of your zeal. It's like there's this hole in your heart that is just dripping the passion out of it, right? It's just, it's like a slow leak. And after a while, you realize like, man, I'm just, I'm on empty. And when you don't have zeal, you just, you don't, you, it's, it, you don't feel like moving. You don't. But there's no motivation. Right. And I think that also then leads into uh, something else that it paralyzes you with indifference. Like you just stop caring. You really don't care. Yeah. It's not that you don't feel anymore. If you don't feel, then yeah. It's like, uh, forget why. Yeah. What's the point? I, I know that especially when times are tough, indifference is like a coping mechanism. Like, well, I'm just not going to care. The person hurt me or, you know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. The Brentfordos are leaving. Whatever. Don't care about that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm never going to read her email. I'm not going to read her email. Spiteful, hateful email that she probably wrote. It was such a beautiful email. Oh, I can't wait to read it. No, oh, I printed it. It's going to be on my, on my, my refrigerator. It's going to be in your encouragement folder. My encouragement folder. Yeah. That way when, when the, the top, days are dark. Yeah. When you're I feeling just, blue. When I'm feeling blue. Open up that big pink envelope. And be, re, rejoice. And in, be encouraged. Um, those people are so awesome. I love They are. Family. I know. I'm going to miss man. them. Man. Oh, man. How come like uh, the no. Warfords couldn't leave? Stop! I knew it. I was like, <laughs> how I'm come like, like gonna say someone's McCoy, name? The McCoys could leave. No, they can't uh, leave. They, yeah, then you would miss your little hangout pal. What? You? We just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what else? Uh, what else does it try to do? I think it intensifies temptation. When you're anxious, when your zeal is waning, when you're feeling indifferent, man, the devil comes in. All that anxiety and tempts you to do the thing you know that is wrong, and it is so easy to do it. Right. It's just like, yeah. I'm just going to like those, the, the temptations seem to not only intensify, but they become more frequent. Sometimes it's new temptations um, and you're in a weakened state. Right. I mean, it, 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 it weakens your resolve. So like, I mm. don't like, what do you mean by weakens your resolve in that? It, so like we talked about like, well, you know, you're kind of indifferent to things. Yeah. And so like your resolve to do what is right. Like when, when you're, when your faith is strong, when you're, you're, you're experiencing the grace of God, man, you, you want to fight. You're ready. Yeah. You feel prepared and anxiety can bring you to this place where it's not that you're in only indifferent to circumstances. You're, 
your resolve to persevere is is weakened as well and you just don't want or you just it's like you don't have it you don't feel like you have it in you and of course none of us really just have it in us we need the grace of god but yeah yeah i think we just wind up getting ourselves into all kinds of trouble so what about just specifically for pastors right like there's you were speaking at a pastor's conference, and I think you probably had gr- some conversations with pastors that have uh, gone through similar circumstances uh, and, and could relate to uh, this issue of anxiety within the pastorate. Yeah. What is it that some of the – do you see that uh, pastors yeah. tend to do? And I think pa- not only do pastors do this, but probably this is true of, of, of all Christians. I would right? agree. Yeah. When you're, when you're yeah, anxious – um, I just wrote down five things here, right? When you're anxious, you stop – seeking the Lord sometimes. And this is really when you need to seek and when you need to persevere in it. Yeah. But uh, most commonly, I think we just stop, you know, we stop engaging in the means of grace. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we, it's like it, we, we read the word or we pray and we don't feel anything. So we're like, nah, whatever. And so part of that then is we go through the motions of it all. Yeah. Right? When you have to, right? When you have to, because mm-hmm. and that's, that's part of it. It's like whether you're in the pastorate or, or not, you feel like you have to put on a good, Face, you got to lead that small group. That's right. You got to be, yeah, you got to do it with a smile so that everybody knows. Oh, super, super Christian, uh, Rob McCoy. You got to, you got to teach them kids in the, in the, in the kids' class on Sunday, whatever it is. You start going through the motions. Maybe you're going through the motions because, like, well, I don't want to let these people down. Um, but not only are you going through the motions, uh, for them, you also pretend that you're okay, right? So you're lying to them and you're lying to yourself. Right. Yeah. And and sometimes this is just pride. Like, I don't want people to know that I'm struggling. I don't want people to know that I'm in a bad way. And so we just kind of, I'm just going to, I'm just going to fake it. Right. I'm just going to fake it until finally things get better. And that just never leads to things getting better. No. And then sometimes you just become resentful of that. Mm-hmm. Why is it that things aren't getting better? Why did I even, why was I even put in this position to begin with? Look at this, look at how uh, uh, hypocritical uh, the faith is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm faking it. I'm, I'm being a hypocrite. Everyone else must be as well. Yeah. Right. It, it's, it, it's, it's common. It's common for people to get sort of bitter and angry. And then that just leads to further isolation, mm. right? You, like you're, you're going to wall yourself off from everybody. And this, I mean, that's the death trap, right? You wall yourself off. And, and this is really the, the satanic design behind anxiety to stop you from growing, to stop you from being useful, to stop your fruitfulness. Yeah. So the question then is, okay, so how does it die? How does anxiety come to an end in the life of a believer? But well, well first, I mean, the, here's how anxiety comes to an end. Oh. The first the thing you should always be doing, mm-hmm. especially if you live on the West Coast, if you live in California. Now, you don't have to live in California. No, you don't have to, but especially if you're there. Yeah. In L.A., you're going to want to head on over to the Doctrine and Devotion West Coast Conference. Contending for the gospel, protecting mm. orthodoxy, and promoting unitate. Oh, man. So, Joe, when when's the conference happening? What's Where can people get the details? Okay. Well, uh, you can go to doctrineanddevotion.com slash west, or you can just go to doctrineanddevotion.com. You'll see the banner there. And uh, this is happening, what, Saturday, September 28th at the Bridge Church in Eggs Ranchero, Santa. Eggs Ranchero. Did uh, you I don't really know. Just say it? Ranchero, Santa Margarita, California. There's too many words, and I can't. I can't remember all that stuff. But uh, it's going to be a one-day conference. We're going to. We're going to get into this whole thing about what does it really mean to contend for the gospel, and how can you contend for the gospel where you protect orthodoxy and promote unity within the church? How can you do that without being a total jerk face? No, no, no. I just have to be a jerk and push everyone away. Well, you can. I, I but we it. don't want to do it that way. 
Oh, okay. All right. We want to do I'm... better. Okay, we do let's a do it. Let, we'll do that. So we want you guys to do it. Uh, it's forty dollars for the day, ten a.m. to four p.m. You can sign up and uh, bring your friends. And you know what? You can fly there. You don't have to live in California. You you live in New York. Just fly on out. That's what we doing. You know, we're flying from Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> do do what the Jofo does and just go. We ain't driving. <laughs> but. Stay tuned for details. Uh, for those that do register, we're going to be putting out uh, some information mm-hmm. on a Friday night hangout. Oh, there's going to be a hangout, and you can guess what that's going to involve. Well, no, no, just a lot of prayer. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe some prayer. I don't know about a lot. <laughs> prayer before and after, but, you know. So, All right, so, so how, how does how it do you, die? Yeah, how do you kill this anxiety? Okay, so um, number one, I think it's important that you actually embrace your weakness, meaning that you – you have to recognize that you are frail because you're human, because you're a fallen human. You are weak because you are a sinner that it lives in a fallen world where the devil wants to attack you, where the world is coming after you, and your faith is going to sometimes be strong and sometimes be weak. So I think of 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7, when it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. So this is, to me, this is huge. Now, at first when I read this, it can sound kind of off-putting to the person who is anxious and feeling crushed. Humble yourselves, therefore. Like, barking orders at me? Hmm. You know, oh, humble. I am, I'm totally humbled right now. I've got nothing. I feel like I've got nothing. Yeah, the tank is empty. The point here is that you need to understand who you are in light of who God is so that you can cast your anxieties on him. You see, humbling yourself before God um, isn't just like you've got to recognize your sin and repent. That's a part of it. But when you understand that you can't handle your problems and your corruptions and your frailty on your own, but God can, and in fact, he invites you to come to him with all of those anxieties, with all of those insecurities and fears, with that depression, um, you can come to him with those things because he actually loves you and he cares for you and he does have a remedy for you. Hmm. I mean, it, number two, then part of that is, is you, you should be knowing God's promises. And that's the remedy, right? That's it. Psalm 94, uh, verse 19, when the cares of my heart are many, right? When I'm, I'm going to, when I'm anxious, when I'm, when I'm downcast, what, where do you go? Uh, your constellations cheer my soul. Another way of just saying your promises, yeah, right? the yeah. promises of God, right? So the cares of the heart are worldly uh, and, and, and the world won't help here. And you need the divine promises of, of God. Uh, this is how you cast your cares at God by yeah. knowing his promises. You, you, you won't do what you don't know. Right. And so you got to know it. So you can go ahead to know to cast it, right? But there are like there's like a lot of promises, right? And there's like these promise Bibles and promise journals. Promise keepers. There's, uh, there's prom- promise uh, makers. Promise fakers. No, no, no. I couldn't think of anything else. Um, so, I mean, people get this wrong. Like the, people will take pro- the promises of God out of context. They'll look at promises that were made to Israel, maybe very specifically in a certain yeah. context, and it won't necessarily translate. Wait, you're telling me I like – like I can't just pray that pray that prayer of Jabez and just well, you can, increase my you, land. You can pray the prayer of Jabez, uh, but the Holy Spirit might smack you in the face. Um, <laughs> so, Jimmy, what are like just like 
quickly, what are what are some of those promises of God that are true for God's people? All right, uh, in James, right, the promise of God to give wisdom if we ask for mm-hmm. them, right? Uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, to lead us through temptation. Mm-hmm. In Hebrews 13, to to save us and to never forsake us. Uh, in, uh, it was it? Philippians. Philippians? I didn't know it was Philemon. Uh, to finish the... <laughs> To finish the good work, and then Romans, to work all things out for our good. So these promises like can sound superficial to some people at certain times. And we're not suggesting that you, you bomb people with these verses the moment they tell you that they're really struggling. But for the person who is struggling, these are the consolations of God that you do need to go to. Yeah, You need to embrace these. You need to meditate on these truths and let them go to work in you. But one of the things, Jimmy, that you're really big on is is the, the the work of gospel ministry through gospel people. Like that's one of the things you're really big on. Yeah, listening and, to God's people in the midst of this. So you know, we if you're this is only going to come to an end as you embrace your weakness, as you know God's promises, but also as you listen to God's people. In Proverbs chapter twelve, verse twenty five, one of my favorite verses in Proverbs: Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. It's very, very simple, and and most of us know it to be true, and we've experienced it in different ways. You know what anxiety does, right? It stops you. It crushes you. And when you isolate yourself from God's people, you are denying yourself God's grace because frequently God's grace comes to us through his people. Anxiety will weigh your heart down, but a good word makes us glad. Where does the good word come from? It's going to come from scripture, yes, but it's frequently going to come through God's people. He sends people to you all the time, and he he put he he calls you to be a part of a local church, yeah, where the scripture, where the gospel, where your friends are there. You need friends. You don't just need attenders that you you know bump elbows with on Sunday. You need real friends who know you, who hear you, who help you, who remind you when you forget, or rebuke you when you sin, who encourage you to persevere when you yeah. feel like quitting. Because you know this is ultimately what God does as our friend, right? And so he puts these people in our lives to function in that same way. You just can't do it alone. Yeah. So really though, I guess um, what all of this means is, is that anxiety is not going to die, but it can be put to death, but it only is going to be put to death by Jesus and his church yeah. in your like, life. Yeah. Your help doesn't come from uh, your degrees or how smart you are, the your social media platform, your hot wife or the your, size of your church, your successful husband. Yeah. Right? Like we, we, or your successful wife and your hot husband. I, I don't want anybody to think I'm saying it's all one or the other. Uh, but you know how people talk and how yeah. we tend to put all of our, our confidence and our hope in one thing. You're my kids on the honor roll. Uh, until you find out like, you know, he's a drug addict and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's flaming out, you know, in, in, in every other area of life. Like it's easy to be disappointed. You don't find your help in those things. Your help is in God and his grace and in mm. his people. But Jimmy, God will use our frailty. I mean, this ought to be an encouragement. When you're anxious, when you're fearful, God can still use that and that experience. What are some ways? Well, first off, to to show you of your need for him so that you can sit there and see, man, this is not about like, I can't do this on my own. I am at my, I'm at the end of my rope. Uh, I'm down at the bottom of the pit. I need God. I cannot do this in my, in my own power and in my own strength. And then secondly, it should show us what he can do, right? Yeah, yeah. As we as we see him do this and as he does it uh, for us and as he pulls us out of it, 
you know, that should encourage us to know our God is mighty, that he hears and he sees mm -hmm. uh, and that he does not abandon or forsake us, but that he uh, will come and get us out of it. You know, and it, with that, then it really prepares you to help other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, God allows you to go through this so that you can experience his comfort and then we can comfort others with the comfort with which we've been comforted, right? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's one of the good news, one, of the, one aspect of good news that uh, we should take away. So that's, that's the gist of what I was sharing at, um, at the Normal Pastors Conference. Uh, good time. Hope they invite me back. You know, it was a good time. We'll see. Hey, Jim, you want to go next time? Well, I don't know. What depends? Yeah. Is, is uh, Ronnie going to be Ronnie, there? Is Ronnie, yeah, Ronnie, I bet Ronnie will go. Is Barnabas going to be there? I don't know. But Ronnie will be there. Let me know when Barnabas right, I'll, shows I'll, up. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Um, but hey, uh, we want to hear what you think. If you're struggling with anxiety, um, what have you found to be like some of the most helpful things to get you through that? Jimmy, if they want to engage uh, in the conversation, how do they do it? Yeah, you can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Don't forget, it's going down in Eggs Ranchero, Santa Margarita, California. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Doctrine and Devotion West Coast Conference, Contending for the Gospel. From protecting orthodoxy and promoting unity. You can register for the conference. Just go to doctrineanddevotion.com slash west. Get all the details there. We'll see you in California. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Later. Later.